I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Really excited here in Billboard's New York offices. Probably the world's foremost chart authority. You know him. You know his books if you're a chart fan. Joel Whitburn is here with us today. Welcome, Joel. Welcome. It's great to be here, and, Gary. And Alex Vitoulis of the Billboard Charts Department. Also hey. excited to have you, Alex. Yes, thank you, Joel. Appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. Well, I love being here in New York City. and The weather's perfect and Yes. It's great meeting everybody that I've talked to on the phone so many times. You know, it's an exciting city. It's right. so alive. and yeah, You don't see that in Wisconsin. But, uh, so it's, it's fun to be here. It's nice nice to visit. You wouldn't want to see that all the time, would you? Too, Probably too not. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a Wisconsin boy, born and raised. Yeah. So, uh, But it's fun to be here. All right. Well, welcome. Um, you're a chart legend. For anyone who follows the charts, uh, Record Research is your company. That you started fifty-one years 51 ago. Fifty-one years ago, you started, you started research, it. yeah, and then you started working officially with Billboard with forty-eight. Nineteen seventy. Be, this would be my forty-eighth year. Okay, jeez. Well, tell everyone who who maybe knows the name, but how did it actually start? You you were a chart fan. How did you become the person who has chronicled uh, decades and decades <laughs> of chart history? Kid from Anomaly Falls doing the Billboard charts. How did that happen? Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of a miracle. It's a uh, I guess the great American uh, story or something, I don't know. Well, I had this huge record collection and uh, I had a real passion for doing the music. When I was about 12 years old, I was with my mother at the Grand bus station in downtown Milwaukee. I walked over to the newsstand and saw a billboard for the first time. Uh, there was something about music in the headlines. Okay. I don't remember what, but it, I, I captured my my, my eyes was the word music, and I just grabbed the billboard and started paging through it, and I went from the back to the front, and the back, there was an article about baseball card vending machines. Well, I was a huge baseball card collector. Ah. I thought, I should do that. I should get one of those and put them in some of the drugstores around town and make some money. And I went further, and there were these charts, you know, the top 100, you know, records, and, you know, all the songs that I recognized that I was, you know, collecting, and and the, the reviews and the full-page ads of Tony Bennett, Rosemary Clooney at the time, Johnny Ray. 
And I got real excited, so I went over to my mother, asked her if I could buy the billboard. I think it was 15 cents. And she said, of course. So I bought, took it home and fell in love with it and uh, talked to her. I think the subscription was, I think it was either $12 or $15 a year. Okay. And she gave me the money, and we sent it in. And I have subscribed from that day forward. I've been a subscriber to Billboard. And, of course, it would come, you know, every Monday morning it would come. And I remember coming home from high school at noon, and uh, it would be there waiting for me, you know. And I was very excited to get it and uh, track the new releases and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the latest, you know, that were reviewed and that make up my list, you know, keep it fresh. But uh, my collection grew and grew and grew. And I started doing the research to find out how these records peaked on the charts. Did Chantilly Lace, was that a number one record? Right. Make the top 20? Did it, you know, where did that thing peak? Uh, my other records, Ricky Nelson, you know, were, how many in a row did he have that were number one or top 10? Things like that piqued my interest. So I got out some three by five cars and I started documenting this on a little, just for a, as a hobby. Well, you know, the, the cards grew and grew and grew, and they grew, like, you know, I had several boxes full. And I was working for RCA Records. This this was later in the 60s. Right. And uh, I was able to meet a lot of disc jockeys, and I mentioned to them my little project, you know, hey, I've got cards that tell the complete discography of any artist, you know. It tells you the date and the peak position, the week's charted, and it tells you in order their hits. Including B sides if they if they charted, and I remember George Wilson who owned WKY in Milwaukee and he owned other stations in Texas and that. He said that would be a godsend if we had something like that. We have nothing. Yeah. To refer to when when an artist comes to town and we interview him, um, for instance, uh, I think it was James Darren came to town for Summerfest and and he mentioned you know my first three hits were all number one, and well. Everybody accepted that. Right. You know, well, James Darren never had a number one hit. <laughs> but, you know, he had no proof, so he just told everybody, I, I, my first three songs were all number one. Right. So I got the idea to publish a little book, put this together, get it typeset. I went to the bank, got a loan to print, to print the book. And that's a long story. But anyhow, <laughs> um, so I printed the book and uh, put a little one- 50-second ad in Billboard, because that's all I could afford <laughs> back then. And uh, it caught the eye of the publisher, Hal Cook, in in, Bill, in uh, L.A. At that time was where the publisher was, in Los Angeles. And uh, after, I think, the second and third week, it caught his eye. It said, every song to make the Hot 100, $50. <laughs> and uh, he got a hold of me. And he said, Joel, you know, I, this is Hal Cook from Billboard. You know, I almost fainted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to a guy from Billboard. <laughs> I'm in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, you know. He said, uh, you know, you can't use the, the name Hot 100. That's copyright and blah, blah, blah. He right. says, uh, you just can't do that, Joel. I said, well, it's, you know, it's just it's a book on the history of your chart. And uh, I didn't know what else to call it. He said, well, he said, send me a copy of the book. <laughs> so I did. He gave me his address and all that, and I, I sent a copy, and and I thought I was doomed. That was the end of it. Well, two about two weeks passed, and he called back, and he said, "Joel, I love the book. Yeah, I love the book." He said, "Can you come out to L.A. and let's talk about a license agreement?" 
I couldn't believe it. And he said, you know, bring your wife and we'll put you up at the Beverly Hilton. And they did. I mean, we flew off. The, he, you know, he paid for the plane because, you know, I, I didn't have money back then, right. you know. And they picked me up at his Mercedes Benz at the airport and uh, took us to his office there and uh, uh, took us up to his home, in, which was up in the hills. He lived right next door to um, Dickie Smothers of the Smothers Brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was his neighbor. <laughs> Showed me his beautiful home there, you know, and took me down to the, the ocean there and, and showed us everything. And uh, we spent we spent the whole week. We went, took us to the Johnny Carson show, and um, we had a great time. And I ended up coming back with a 26-page license agreement. Yeah. Uh, he gave me the exclusive rights to mine, M-I-N-E, to mine the Billboard charts in exchange that I would pay a royalty okay. to Billboard. And I thought that was fair. Had you thought about that beforehand when you were no. putting this out? Were you were you worried that you might not, not really, be allowed to I do didn't that? think anything about it really. Yeah. You know, I, it was just called the book was called Record Resource on the outside. Okay, I hadn't even thought of a title. It was just on a little orange cover, and inside there was just A to Z by artists from fifty five to sixty nine. Okay, because they came out in nineteen seventy, and there was no title section, um, no trivia, nothing. And that's all it was, the discographies from 55 to 69. And it just said record research. Of the Hot 100? It was all based yeah, but on it was Hot 100. It was just the Hot 100, no okay. bubbling or anything else. Right. And early Well, charts, actually, it was, the top, it was the top pop charts. Right, before the Hot 100. It was the top 100, the right. disc jockey jukebox and that, that we did before the Hot 100 started. So that was in one book. But it, it didn't say Hot 100 on it. But in the ad, I did say Hot 100, every Hot 100. And I had that in quotes, and that's what caught his eye. And he said, in order to use that, you have to get permission, and we you know, wanted to set up a, a license agreement. So I'm starting my 48th year as a licensee of Billboard. Right. Awesome. And I've done 15 editions of that book. Just that one book? Yeah, just now it's called top, Just That Book, yeah. Right. Uh, my daughter Kim is here. Kim, how many books have we published? Do you know? uh, I think it's 159 now. Yeah, that we wow. published 159. We've done country. I have most R- of them. R&B, <laughs> uh, rock, adult contemporary, Christmas, yeah. top pop albums, right? Uh, pop annual. Sometimes we'll just take the top ten. Pop memories, which yeah, that was a great book. Uh, yeah, that goes way back to yeah. the Seymour Stein said it's the greatest book ever published in music. It's amazing. Ever. Pop Memories, because yeah. he said that book, you know, outlines the whole history of an era that nobody's ever touched. You know, right. Louis Armstrong yeah. and, and all the blue singers, Early Frank you know, Bessie Smith and all those people. It's all documented in that book. The jazz bands. The jazz yeah. bands. It's 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 phenomenal. It's yeah. just remind, so, me, remind me again what that's based on. Was it sheet music? It was based it? on a lot of things. Sheet music. Uh, there was articles in in different hobbies magazines okay. about the top sellers, and then the labels themselves published their top ten lists each week. RCA Victor and Columbia right. and that. Yeah. So what we did is we researched at the Library of Congress for three years. That era, that 30-year era, took three years to research it, just like Billboard does. We had to collate all that data right. from sources and put each week together to get a, you know the top 10 hits each week. But it, uh, it's, a, it's such a great era. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. There's such great blues songs and jazz songs. Yeah. 
It's amazing. And Seymour Sine said, that's the greatest book ever published on the history of music. Pop memories. Right. What, what's interesting to me is you're talking about how uh, you know, artists were saying they were number one. There was no way to, to check it. And Billboard wasn't tracking it. You, you kind of, you're sort of the father of inventing the term peak position. Yeah, I invented that word. Yeah? Yeah, there was no such word as peak position. That I invented that little P-E-A-K-P-O-S. How cool was that? Yeah, I did. I did that. That was my invention. And, and the way the, the book is set up with the columns and everything. And, uh, of course, now Billboard uses it. And it's a, it's a great term, Every actually. Day. Right? Every day. Around yeah. the world. Chart yeah. fans. Yeah. Chart fans it's, a great, it's a great term, I think. And interesting that you uh, saw a baseball cards. You sort of <laughs> equate. Uh, following oh. the charts because we, we sort of look at it the same way, right? The way we study numbers and sports, we sort I, of do that with charts. Or at least I think chart that's things. what helped me with my research and records was, you know, my when I age 9, 10, 11, and that collecting and, um, you know, making sure I got complete sets with the numbers and, you know, the stats on the back. I used to read all those stats, right? You know, the ERA and the batting average and all that. So I, I was insanely. Uh, interested in all that. I don't know why. And uh, especially, the, you know, the big players, Stan Musial, Duke Snyder, and all people like that. I was just fascinated with with their stats. Right. And uh, But organizing it, you know, and, and the tops versus the Bowman and that, and keeping everything separate. And then when I got into records, it, it was just the same way. You know, I had my charts, and I had to organize all the fast dominoes and get them in order with the A side first and the B, B side second. <laughs> And if I was missing it, I had to get it. Right. So then I was on these tremendous searches for these records that I that I missed. So I started buying out collections, record shops that went out of business um, all over the United States, from South Carolina to Pennsylvania to Detroit. Uh, we took trips all over when we found out there were record shops going out of business. It had to be fun. Just oh, it was all oh, to get it music. Was, it was fun. And then I would get these huge collections, and I would had my basement set up with these huge racks for 45s and we'd sort everything right. and then I would take what I needed that made the charts and I would take all that and everything else the collectors could come in and they could buy everything that was left for a quarter oh, okay. and I'm telling you there was Johnny and Dorsey Burnett what about trading there, some of were, it for what you were missing no I, I just wanted to get rid of them so I could bring in another collection <laughs> and they were getting records that were today four or five hundred dollars each yeah. Yeah. the Dorsey Burnett trio things like that yeah. And what is the most expensive collectible record that you have in the, the collection? The Butcher. Album. I've got a stereo version uh, that's still sealed, and I have a monoral. I have both a stereo yep. and a monoral. And, and, yeah. Unpeeled, you know. Yep, unpeeled. You know what Remember I mean when by I saw that? It. that? It was so great to go there and see that record. Right, Alex, Did you, you see you've, it? You've seen the house, yeah. right? Yeah, I saw the house. I wanted to say, I'm moving here. I want to live here. <laughs> it, it I've had guys amazing. walk in my vault, Gary. From record shops and things, uh, from you know, with Chicago and that. And I remember one guy came. He just came and said, oh, "My legs are feel. I just feel weak. <laughs> I thought that guy was gonna faint. Yeah, honest. I get. To, I got this weirdest feeling. He just stepped in, and there were these big aisles and aisles and aisles. So of it's albums and records. it's every awesome. song that's ever made the Billboard. Every song is in your, made the, in your What house. are you missing? Yeah. Nothing. Um, it was yeah. funny. Kim was saying before how when you were first building the vault in your house she saw all the cement she thought you were putting a pool in she was all excited <laughs> then she realized oh of course it's for the music <laughs> of course it is and it's climate controlled that almost made me weep when i was there 
that is climate controlled. That's yeah, all climate control has its own furnace. How long did that take to build? Amazing. How what? How long did it take to build? Oh, it wasn't that long. No. I don't know, maybe four months, three, yeah. four months it took. The big diggers came in, you know, and they put up the walls, all cement. But the main thing was the top. They had to put layers of cement and then layers of, of uh, waterproofing and then more cement. And then when they were done, you know, it was very well insulated from even a bomb probably, you know, with the sidewalls, they poured double cement blocks all around and then three hour fire doors on each end. Okay. So if there was a fire, even it would take three hours to burn through those doors. Um, and then there was this huge cement slab, double cement slab on top of the vault outside. But I was still worried a lightning strike might crack and water could get into this collection, which was worth millions. Right. You know? So I built a gymnasium on top of it. I put in a basketball gym. Ah. So there's a basketball gym with a huge roof and everything over, over the top of it. And that took three or four months to build. Right. Do people? Well, I think it's pretty well protected. You could charge admission, right? If people yes. wanted to come in, do, do yeah. people ever ask? Or have you ever they thought do, about that? They do, but we don't. We turn them down. Yeah. We have big groups of jockeys that have come that will call and say they're going to be they, uh, on occasion I have and I'll, I'll let a big group in or something with their cameras and stuff you know and then they want to see certain records that they don't believe exist and stuff right you know um, they're clicking you know all the camera <laughs> different angle turn the record over you know right. what did you think of it Alex when you were there what I, was the experience I, I was in total awe yeah. it was amazing because being a fan of music and then a collector myself since I was a kid and how it's organized, right? And just how it's organized and everything order. is there. They know I, where everything is. Yeah. Does, then, it, uh, does it make you sad that nowadays uh, so much is digital and now certain yes. releases are just streaming only? Yeah. Not even I still, we still di digitally um, make a CD for every bubbling under single and every Hot 100 single. Because I still like to see that library. I like see those trays of singles, you know. Right. Do you go into the library and, and pick things out and, and play them, or is it all just yeah, storage at this point? I still like pulling a tray of 45s. Yeah. My favorite thing. Putting them on. And just setting it down and just going, oh, yeah. But I love putting the needle on the record. Still the greatest thing in the world. Still the greatest sound. Yeah. You know, pulling a, you know, like a Beatles album. Right. And just, you know, putting that thing on and just listening to, to it. I don't know, Led Zeppelin or, yeah. you know, I just love it. All kinds of music. Yeah. Know? So you're you're. I know you're a big Dwayne Eddy fan. You like a lot oh. of you like a lot of early rockabilly kind yeah. of sound. And Elvis. And it, yeah. The three E's. Elvis. Yeah. Everly's. Right. Eddie. Yeah. My top three. Yeah. It was because of Dwayne Eddy that I bought a guitar in 1958 when, when he uh, came out with Rebel Rouser. I went nuts over that record. I couldn't believe that Dwayne that, that deep dark guitar. What nuts! And I went downtown walking. I bought a guitar and I imitated all his songs. Yeah, Cannonball and Forty Miles of Bad Road because they're young. All of his records, and then we became good friends. I mean, he invited me to his house. I've had dinner there, you know. And That's awesome. Yeah, he That's came awesome. to my daughter's wedding. He ah. came to Kim's wedding when she got <laughs> married. He flew in from from Franklin, Tennessee. Awesome. He and his wife, Dean. It was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then I took him up to my lake home. We went four wheeling together. Yeah. Yeah, I got pictures of them, and they had a big article in our little long leg news. Dwayne Nettie was here at the lake. You know? <laughs> Have you played uh, music on any professional level, no. or just just as a no, hobby? No, no, no. I just uh, I, I wrote a song, and I remember playing that down in 
in the in my basement, my rec room. I had a big jukebox, and I had a, a friend that had drums, and he'd come over, and we we would just play. We do the Turtles and the Rascals. Remember those the '60s era, uh, Gloria by you know right. Uh, what was all, the so- all that kind of stuff? What we was played. the song you wrote, Joe? Let's give it the official. No, I, well, it was called Wheatfields. <laughs> <laughs> It's a part of Billboard now. Really, I mentioned it during the podcast. I had like four verses. I I won't ask you to sing it. That's enough of that. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Like for record research now, when new issue of Billboard comes out, there's all these new charts. You guys updating everything. Yeah, you and your staff. Week. You have a, you have a remarkable staff that you work with there. We do. We have a, a real remarkable staff. Very loyal. They've been with me for 25, 30, 35 years. Yes. And of course, my daughter. She's been with me since she was in the crib in my office. <laughs> <laughs> I think even then she was sorting records for me. <laughs> um, a typical day or typical week. Typical, uh, what, yeah. Well, we get the advanced charts right on Bill, Billboard Information Network. Is that what you call it? Or Billboard Plus? Billboard Plus now. Yeah, we get the ch- advanced charts Monday night, and uh, which is kind of exciting. I like that, to get the advanced charts. And then uh, we go into it, and we have to get the new releases. Uh, and uh, a lot of them we have from the week before because a lot of them go, come from the bubbling chart. So we have those. Those we don't have, uh, they may have been on an album or two that we have. What we don't have, we have to go to iTunes and buy. And uh, we get everything that makes the Hot 100 and the Bubbling 100 chart. And we make sure we're covered there because we have everything from 1940. (laughs) We're not missing. So we don't want to end up missing anything. Right. And and there are some, uh, you know, there's still stuff that gets to 125 for one week, you know, with the Bubbling chart. And uh, we have it. We collect it and we record it, and it goes into my archive. And it's nice, so I, you know, I, uh, if there's any question, I can go into and call a, call up an artist or a title, and instantly know Little Wayne, everything that he's either been featured on or right. is a lead artist. Do you do you update like for uh, the top pop singles book? When do you week by week update that information, or when you go to do a new version, do you then backlog uh, maybe the last year's worth of hits? Well, when we do, yeah, when we do top up singles, then we, you know, we 
we have to we get the whole thing combined from the from 55 on or whatever the beginning is to the end we get one whole new printout and then I go through and edit the whole thing again you but know, is, is there a, is there a database where week by week you're updating chart information or you do it in blocks when it's time to do a new version no we do it week by week okay yeah week yeah. by week everything is updated and everything's sorted into its proper place and uh, um, I also update mine by year and I and then I like for instance 2016 right now I have a what do they call that on the side the um, um, the uh, playlist right I have a playlist for 2016 I have everything sorted right now from the number one biggest hit through the, the, the least hit yeah the, you know, number 125 and I, every week I update that so I know what the top 40 hits are instantly of the year so far and, and what are some of the current stuff because you've been following this since its inception that nowadays you hear and you're like that's a hit uh I th- I think, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned the chain smokers. I thought they were really good. I, I just like their sound. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, I still like some of my old favorites. Like I like Pink a lot. I right. always like her sound. She had a, a just a recently a hit that didn't do real much, and I like that song a lot. Just like Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Got to the top ten for a week. Yeah, yeah, it did for one week, but yeah. it, that was it. I thought, I think this thing has a chance to maybe go number one again. Yeah, the streaming, I think, never quite, quite kicked in. Was that it? Point. Yeah. And and the I was disappointed and, and in the that. movie flopped that it was from, yeah. so I think that can play into the acceptance of a song yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, what other what other groups do I like, or duos, or artists? Um, Ariana Grande. Kind of like her, Selena Gomez, you yeah. know, her stuff is pretty good. Um, who else? Um, what else that's really, that really hits me when they release something new? I like some of the country artists. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Brad Paisley, I like a lot. Yeah, he mixes Keith traditional. Urban, I like. Yeah, they still yeah. kind of mix some traditional yeah. stuff yes. with, with newer. I, I, I like the way you blend that in the country into the Hot 100 because it's always fresh when I go through and I play. I like to go through and play parts of the whole top 40 or something, you know, to get a feel again of what's going on and what's what's hot. And it's kind of nice when you get to a country song if if you're hearing a lot of the same kind of dance music or something. I, I kind of like hearing, right. hearing some country, you know. Do you listen to radio a lot? No, I don't have time. No? I don't. People tell me, you're listening to, what do you listen to? I said, my own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, I've got so much new music to listen to. We get the country charts, the R&B charts, the Hot 100, the Bumming. I've got to listen to, you know, maybe 20, 30 new songs, and I've got to listen to them. Then I've got to try to listen to what happened the week before because i got to refresh myself. Right. You know, and uh, keep up with these new artists and that, you know, because uh, you look at, this week's top twenty. There's a lot of new artists that weren't on there a year ago. Right. Yeah. A ton of new artists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah streaming is streaming is a big, is a part of big that for a lot of, key uh, to that. Hip-hop mean, really? Yeah. yeah. It is. And, uh, because I mean, it's a whole new playing field now. With yeah. that, music has such an infinite reach now. Were you ever much of a live music person? You go to a lot of shows. I used to go things? to everyone that came through. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the labels would get me in. You know. Uh, Elton John came to town. They get me in in Chicago, and I go backstage before the thing and 
talk to him, you know, give, I had a book to give him. Oh, I got all your stuff, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want the book. I got all your books. <laughs> Does that but, happen with other artists? Uh, no, I think. That's very cool. I think Peter that Frampton said he had my book when I, I had one. I got, your, I got that book, he said. Uh, McCartney, somebody stole it. <laughs> I gave it to the guy who was standing by the door. And they, I had my pass, and I was waiting to go backstage. And the guy said, "Here, I'll, 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 I'll give it to Paul or something. And just wait here." And then I saw the guy running down the hall with my book. <laughs> when I got back to see Paul, I said, "Did you like the book? I what book?" He said. So I had to send him a book. Yeah. And later on, Dwayne Eddy was in Hollywood. He was invited to do a music soundtrack for I can't think of his name. The guy that did. Um, Oh, I can't think of his name. Hans Zimmer. Right. And Paul McCartney had my book. And <laughs> Dwayne Eddy ran into him and he told, showed him the book. And that's how Dwayne got my phone, got my name. And uh. Dwayne called me. And I came home one day and there was a message from Dwayne Eddy. <laughs> I, I think I almost fainted. It's a good thing it was stolen. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. I thought it was somebody playing a prank because I knew I liked Dwayne Eddy. I thought it was a prank. Nice. Can, I mean, can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, who, who would My think? My idol, I mean, there was a full message from Dwayne Eddy. I know, it's it's amazing being in this industry, and if you get to meet that artist that yeah. was your favorite. Yeah. And it's very oh, but, special um, to be able I to do I used to that. do it, I did Stevie Nicks, Kenny Rogers, Sting. Kim was with me, right, Kim? We got to meet Sting backstage. And the other two were pretty distant. They were walking around. They didn't see me, but Sting was really nice. Everybody that came through town, we'd, right. we'd, we'd go to see, you know, back then. And That's then awesome. I kind of got tired of it, you know. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just, uh, I still go to the big ones like the Rolling Stones when they come. Yeah. And I can't make her tickets for you too because that's her favorite yeah. when they come. And uh, But for me, you know, there's a lot of bands, oldies coming through, and I just don't feel like going anymore. Yeah. I, I did it so much. <laughs> You know, you get tired of waiting backstage for your name. You wait, you wait. Oh, Johnny Mathis came at Christmas. Wow. And uh, he wanted to meet me because uh, he had been using my books, mentioning that he was the number one adult contemporary. I mean, adult. Yeah, adult contemporary. Right. A male vocalist or something. And That's uh, my mom's favorite. So he was coming to the Riverside Theater, which is a beautiful theater. And, nice. And uh, we got backstage passes after the concert. And he gave my, my uh, sister a big kiss. She was a huge fan. Yeah. She couldn't believe that. I so we got a real nice. Yeah. So, so that was the latest was Johnny Mathis. That's, That's going to awesome. be pretty surreal. You That's meet awesome. these artists and they're excited to meet you because yeah. you've been trying Yeah, it was careers. neat because uh, his manager was there. Oh, get that information from him. Get that information from Joel. Because I, I mentioned my two favorite Christmas songs by him. What they were in China. Like, oh, yeah. Well, and the guy kept running. Get that. Get that information. <laughs> we need that. You know, it was kind of funny. Right. Yeah, he's kind of he's one of the kings of Christmas music. We're yeah, almost for that, sure. That time of the year, we're yeah, gonna start sure. hearing all the Christmas music. For sure. So I wanted to I bring mean, that up to his him. voice yeah. is flawless, right? And yeah. to and this he, day, he still he just sounds. walked out with his brown suit, looking immaculate, yeah. no flares, you know. And at the end, he did this the, the song Brazil with his orchestra. Oh my gosh, exciting! Yeah, beautiful! Yeah, yeah. sensational! One of one of the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So record research continues today. You still put out books, although there's more of an online component. You can you can subscribe to the website and, and look up information online. But you're still putting out books. And you, you still like to actually have the hard copies of books. Yeah, to put I out do. There, and right? I think our customers do. We do have ebooks, and our customers tell us, "Don't don't stop 
don't stop your your print books because they love the right, especially top up singles. That, that thing is just heavy. amazing. Heavy, heavy book. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. It's I, about I, six I keep pounds, joking. I yeah, I keep joking, saying you can use these as weights. <laughs> <laughs> it's an added benefit, but it's yeah. just amazing, and it's amazing to see everything in one place. Right, and yeah, we keep adding little features and little yes. specialties for our customers, they, and they seem to like that little yeah. stuff we put in. It, Definitely, and like this came out on a different record before or after, and yeah, and then I mean, he's you know, you're always seems to be updating it because you always yeah. find new things yeah, that we you never all, knew about. All this song was originally released in yep. 1953 or something, you know, or and this is a newer version or whatever, but we keep hunting and looking and searching, so we keep put, putting updating notes in there for our customers, and they love to see that stuff. And some of them, you know, collectors come out of the woodworks and tell him, you know, I have this with this. and Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, collectors send us notes. If they find something that's not in my book, right. it's great. Yeah. Or if they find a, a picture sleeve that's not noted, they'll send it, send me a copy or something. I mean, we have great relations with our customers all across the, the, uh, the world. Right. Yeah. From, you know, Japan. A uh, person on Twitter, Rock Golf, is a, a big chart fan. He, he t- tweets a lot about charts. Wondering, uh, Joel, if you're uh, putting out a UK charts book. Have you have done no. anything with UK charts? No, no? The, the UK charts are so screwed up. We went through and, and I went through and did a whole history of all the UK charts, put them all together, the ones that were number one, and noted that the number ones in my latest Top Pop singles book. Yeah. I did that as a favor because we get such, so much requests for that. Right. But the UK charts are really screwed up. The government's been trying to do it. Other people have tried to do it, and they, they really have not done a really good job. That's about all I want to say about it. And um, well, I know different companies, it's passed hands through many different companies yes. over the years because we get tons of requests because yeah. at certain times over yes. the years we've had licensing agreements with the companies that were handling yeah. it, but it wasn't our, our charts. No. And then for a short time, there charts that we did put out were via us yes. via you know whoever was putting them we had an agreement with uh-huh. they were billboard uk charts but yeah. it was such a short time because yeah. those companies keep going under and they, they switch hands and they it's switch. so hard to find those back in, in, information. in those early years it was it was it just kept changing hands yeah. and changing hands and then, and then they find out that this company was all corrupt or something and then the government took over. And you can imagine the government trying to do the charts. You know, that got corrupt. And uh, there were, you know, all these bad things kept coming out about them. And, yeah. Uh, stories would come out. So I, I just didn't want to do a book. I would love to do if I knew that the UK charts were, were exact and right and and, and you know good. I would do a complete book on the on the UK charts. I'd love to do a book. Yeah, if you can okay. get the information, because it's hard to even yeah. find. I get people yeah. calling. Well, I've had you know different ones from the UK call me and tell me yeah. they could provide that with me if I wanted to, but even they say, you know, Joel, you probably don't want to do it <laughs> because there's been too many complaints, and if you did it, people are just going to continue to, to were, criticize it. But were, at the time, with the information they have, was that what was considered number one? Whether, regardless of it being corrupt, because we know in this industry throughout the years everywhere in the world there has been some shadiness shall we say but if this was what the true chart was at that time to be able to compile that because that's what they said this is what happened this is what they said regardless of what it might be yeah 
exactly. So because these artists are saying I've I was number one on the UK charts or I was top ten, mm-hmm. that seems to be proof enough, regardless of the shadiness behind. Yeah, it. you're right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's the great thing about Billboard. They uh, they're a great name. It's a great brand name. They've always been number one, and they've they've always been top notch. And the people I've worked with, way back in nineteen seventy, from Hal Cook through all the Babcocks, John Babcock Jr. Senior, up through Applebaum and uh, Kel Cullen, and yeah, and uh, I mean all of them. Through the years, I don't know how many publishers I've worked with. Many, (laughs) they're all great. Yeah, they've been wonderful. The editors, Timothy. Tim. Timothy White. Timothy White. Yeah. Who who ever was a better editor in the history of music than Timothy White? Who could write better stories about music than Timothy White? Yeah. I, I, never, I never got he, to meet him. He seemed like the what, biggest yeah. music fan. What an amazing, we met him a amazing few person. Here. Yeah. I, we yeah. sat with him. Yeah. Just the greatest guy you ever yeah, wanted to meet. Yeah, he was. And all these guys. I mean, Mr. Littleford came out to my house in Menominee Falls and walked around my house with me. Mr. W.D. Littleford, the grandson of the founder of Billboard. Right. And I remember walking down, I think it was, um, uh, what is one of the main streets in New York? When I did the Billboard book of Top 40 Hits, Broadway. the first edition, and it Broadway. made the top six of the New York Times bestseller. And he took us out to dinner. And uh, who, who was that with again? The, the editor? Oh, Lee Zito? Lee Zito. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you know, remember him. But Lee Zito and Littleford took Bill Hathaway and I down out for dinner. We were walking down. We went into this bookstore up on the second floor, and there was a big stack of Billboard Book of Top 40 heads sitting there. And I remember Littleford just poked <laughs> Lee Zito and said, look at that, look at that. He was so proud right. to see you know the Billboard Book of Top 40 hits because Lee Zito had played the devil's advocate when he was at my house like, who would ever be interested in just buying a book on chart positions? Yeah. As a devil's advocate. Right. He really thought it would be great. Because I was trying to talk him into doing a mass market book, a spinoff of my books. Right. Because my books were expensive and they were going to a niche market, you know. Right. Disc jockeys and, and the music professionals. Yep. And I thought there would be a market for the mass market, for fans, you know. And that's how we did the Billboard Book of Top 40 Hits. And there it was in this bill in this New York store. What was... And, was Casey Kasem involved with... Uh, he wanted to be. He used yeah. to call me and he used to say, Joel, what can we do together? He wanted to do something with me. So I let him do an introduction in, in one of my top 40 books. And that's all I let him do because I didn't know what else I could let him do. I didn't want to let him get involved in my publishing. Yeah. Because he started with with Hal Cook in the... Uh, they gave him the right to do the broadcast. Right. Yeah, right. And they gave me the right to do the publishing. We We started together. Out in L.A. So he went his way and I went my way. Well, he didn't like pop music. You know, he, he was a, right? Big classical fan. Classical music. Right. He told me that on the phone. He, yep. Many times, you know, Joel, I really don't like that that, that pop music. He he just didn't like it, and but he did, you know, he was, he, he did he respected it. voices and that. Yeah. And uh, he liked light classical and, and uh, show tunes and stuff like that. He's, that's all he listened to. But he wanted to do something in the in the in the book area because I was my books were really taken off and I was really getting to R and B and all these other genres, and he was only into the top forty 
so he wasn't branching out enough. Okay. He said, and I said, what can we do? I got it, but Joel, what can, so he, he kept calling me, and I said, there is nothing we can do, Casey. <laughs> it's so like trying I to, said, you've got your niche, I said. It's like trying to buy I a said, record from you. I said, people love you. I said, I said, people are keeping track of your charts. I said, what, just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, Joel, her, you know, he'd swear. And, oh. But we both uh, started around the same time, around we started together. Yeah. yeah. So we between... were both invited out to, to his place, ah. and, and then he got the the agreement the same time I did. We got we both got our agreements, license agreements, and um, we started off at the same time. Hello again, and welcome to American Top Forty. My name's Casey Kasem, and I'm ready to count down the most popular songs in the nation. First off, I want to say thank you to Daryl Hall and John Oates for sitting in for me last week while I was away. Sounded like they really had a lot of fun. Now I'm back and all set to go with the latest survey of radio stations and record stores across the USA. The official Billboard chart. Five debuts. All right, what else is uh, what else is, is coming up for for record research for you, Joel? What's what's uh, what's what well, next, next steps? Kim, what is that thing that we're looking into? Uh, we're just looking at online reading right now. We're developing that through our ebook publisher, where people can just, if they can log onto the internet, they'll have their own copy of uh, PDFs of our book where they can make notes. Uh, we're thinking about doing e flashcards where they could challenge each other to games and share it and make up your own, whatever you want to do with that information. Um, through study notes and e-flashcards, something a little bit more interactive for the customer. Right. But you're still updating the book, new pop, top pop singles. Which it's, just it's came on, out. Just, just came out, right? and it's been a huge awesome success. Book. Yeah, it's been doing really well. Yeah. And uh, we're updating the new R&B book. Yes, which is And I'm looking on the cover, and I'm looking for stuff from the 40s, because it starts in 42, so I'm looking through Billboard for some those little R&B ads, like, Oh, right. For Lucky Millinder and uh, T-Bone uh, Walker and and um, some of those really early ones to mix in with the artists from today. So it's going to be a beautiful cover. Yeah. And that'll be from awesome. 42. To, uh, it'll go through, um, we're going to cut off, I think, uh, Paul said, uh, I don't know, the end of October charts. Oh, okay. And then we got to get it to press. Nice. And then, uh, then we'll probably do Update Country. That would be good, and I think we're gonna do, we're gonna do, we're gonna include both country charts. That'd be awesome. We're getting too many requests. People are mad at us if we don't do the airplay, Air, airplay and hot country yeah. songs. Well, airplay because airplay is is uh, so different. Know, it's more number ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, turnover. You got Florida Georgia Line sitting right. there for what is it, nineteen weeks now? Yeah. It's eighteen. Got got eighteen. Eighteen weeks. Yeah. You know, and uh, kicked out this week by Peter Pan. Oh, Kelsey Ballerina. Kelsey Ballerina. Yeah. She yeah. went number one. Both charts. The first but, time it's happened on that chart since we see, launched no, it. No, I didn't get the advanced charts because I was in New York City. Yeah. So I missed, I missed that. So yes. That's how exciting the charts are, see? If I miss, <laughs> Can't miss, if a, I miss a Monday, right? look what I miss. The excitement. I know. No Florida Georgia line, number I mean, one on the country charts. That's part of what I love working here it's like you're on the pulse of everything and you get yeah. to see everything i get yes. to help one of my favorite charts is a triple a chart i love that yeah probably because of the music it right. appeals to me so much i love that well, that's 20 years old this year so you could do a book for the I first 20 years that, of that I? yeah i'm just glad that i picked billboard yeah. to do my research right <laughs> <laughs> for one thing you're still in business yeah <laughs> all the other 
They all of the all other away. trades have gone away. Yeah. yeah, they have gone under yeah. every one of them. Yeah. Like the, I used to love the Gavin Report, that little magazine that would come. Yeah, he had great little stories. I used to love reading that every week. I used to have a place where I kept all of my trades, I had them all piled up. <laughs> well, see, I, a big thank you, uh, Joel, from everyone yes. here at Billboard thank you. for what you've done for Billboard over the years. It, it's been such a such a win win uh, for you. Well, Gary, us. I appreciate that very yeah. much. Thank you. We thank Thanks you for to continuing Billboard. to do such a stellar job at, with what you thank do. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. It's great to be associated with a great name like Billboard. What a great name you guys have, and uh, it's an honor. And uh, we've had just a great relationship, yes. you know, and uh, I hope it continues for a long time. I know yes. my my daughter's in line, you know, and uh, she she knows it from top to bottom, so uh, I hope we can keep going. She's not going to turn that vault into a swimming pool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> finally, right? Or an ice skating rink. She likes ice skating. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop giving ideas. Yeah. yeah. All right, Gary. Thank Very you so good. much, Joel. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.